0: Welcome to Game Junk Prototype, episode 56, recording on Thursday, April 8th, 2021. <laughs> my name is Frank.
1: My name is Sean. And my name is Andrew.
0: And a bit of a slow news week, we'll be talking about Xbox Game Pass getting a Sony exclusive? What's going on? And a few games we played, including Outriders and a game I can't wait to talk about k's and the wild masks uh i'll mention first some new videos on the youtube channel youtube.com forward slash game junk we've got part two of a way out and sean and Huck got together and played a little uh outriders oh yeah it starts off with a bang i can tell you that much you're gonna have to (laughs) take a peek to see how that went I haven't watched the entire thing, but uh,
2: people are loving it. People well, if you really saw the do. first
1: half, you've pretty much seen the second half. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I'm I'm into this idea of um, trying out some some let's play style videos. I mean, who knows where it could go? But let us know what you're what you're liking and not liking. I guess most importantly, subscribe, thumbs up, smash, smash, smash.
0: You know how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's get to news. So we'd already heard, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, that MLB The Show, which is made by Sony First Party Studio uh, San Diego Studios and was previously Sony platform exclusive, was coming to Xbox. And recently it was revealed it will be day one on Game Pass. So, you know, I am... The Sony fanboy. I must address this. We have to talk about it. To be honest, I don't play those games. I don't care that much. But it does seem weird at a glance. And the articles seem to indicate not a lot of the actual deal. I, I still can't seem to find out like who gets the money for the sales. Is it the MLB? Is it Sony? Is there a split deal behind the scenes? Like It's not really clear who this benefits the most. One of the articles I read said, you know, basically Sony responded by saying it was the MLB's decision, which makes me think they own the game and perhaps had negotiated with Sony saying, look, we don't want this to be an exclusive game anymore. Either we're going to give the license to someone else or we'll let you have it and keep those sales, but we want it to be on other platforms. It would be my guess. I have no proof of this, uh, but that's what I think might have happened what do you guys think is this huge end of the world for sony huge win for microsoft it's the big they probably should have had an hour an hour long marketing uh video (laughs) talking about all the exciting opportunities that it's going to present and you know all the great stuff that's going to come in the future soon we'll talk about with future mlb titles that may or may not be exclusive who knows i i feel like they really dropped the ball with uh (laughs) <laughs> the launch of this announcement.
1: Well, it is the only simulation baseball game out there. Yes. So obviously, it hasn't been on Microsoft consoles for a, quite a while. They've had like other, like Super Mega Baseball, I think, and some other like baseball.
0: RBI Baseball. Sports. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no yeah, but nothing annual. like MLB The Show. ML, MLB The Show is really, really good. So I think it is pretty good, pretty big, especially since it is developed by Sony. So Sony goes from having this exclusive license where they get 100% of the profits minus whatever they have to pay back to MLB. Now they have to give Microsoft, you know, 30% of the cut or, you know, I guess they get whatever Game Pass deal they got, whatever lump sum Microsoft was willing to shell out. But obviously if MLB made the decision to go, Sony is not probably not that enthused about it. I mean, they are putting in all the development effort, all the development money at a first-party studio to make this game. You'd figure they would want to reap all the rewards and have it be, you know, a draw to get a PS5. Cuz this will be the first next gen I guess I, I guess, guess that hasn't been stated. Next-gen.
0: Like I guess it might be up to Sony, debatably, as to whether or not maybe they just do an Xbox one version, not a series X version it's Mm. and it's PS five, like a next gen exclusive on Sony
2: could be a possibility. I highly doubt it. Um, But it's, it is coming to both Xbox one and series S series X.
0: That can get a little muddled though, because everything works on the console, right? Like if it's actually in, and a Series X, like, executable or version of it is... We'll have to see, I guess. When, when does this drop? I'm surprised it's not out yet. I'm assuming it's because of COVID.
1: Uh, it's like it's a week or April two, April 20th, right? I think. Because usually yeah, those so games,
0: we, I thought, come out week. before the season starts, but I could be wrong about that. So um, don't quote me. I don't know if these gamers exist anymore, but people who would buy every sports game right and game pass already had uh ea access so i mean yeah. i guess sony has ea or sorry but game pass has it so if you just got game pass you would basically have every sports game conceivably all the major ones so,
1: so those are not the current year they're the previous year
0: right but like madden the only current ones that's on there now and i think uh although yeah. sorry i i lied nba 2k is not on uh game pass yet to my knowledge i think they have some free-
1: uh i think it just came did it a couple weeks ago yeah 2k1
0: okay so yeah, they, they might so. be doing two
1: K 21
0: yeah i guess <laughs> they might be doing a calculated like we want to attract the sports uh gaming audience which is a pretty good strategy i'd say i'm sure there are is a segment that are you know people who just
2: play sports games
0: i could think yeah, of I mean, people like that when i was young
2: yeah my brother's one of those people i mean i think at this point yeah game pass is absolutely a huge thing for those people you you can get all the sports you may not get the most up-to-date ea ones but it's pretty hard to say no to that so yeah i think it's a big deal i mean it's just the fact that there's a big news story out there and you know we keep talking about the console wars i mean this does play like microsoft getting one up over sony and uh you know people keep saying hey I can get uh, MLB The Show for free on Xbox and I have to pay $80 for it on PlayStation. Obviously, whether it's free, quote-unquote, is not really true, but that's the perception. So, um, and I mean, I haven't played a baseball game in many years and I will probably check this out. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely having an effect. And, And the quote from Sony was that, um, and the MLB decided to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans. And so that's, that's their goal. They wanted to get it out there to more people and kind of makes sense. I mean, it seems weird that the only big baseball game that's licensed by MLB was a Sony exclusive for so many years, but they, I, you know, they, they managed to keep it that way, I guess.
1: And I wonder if there are some stats that with EA access going like to be wrapped in with a game pass. I wonder if they saw that a lot of those titles get more downloads on, like, I wonder if that was part of Microsoft's pitch to the MLB saying like, Hey, we have sports gamers on our platform. Why don't you come here and put your sports game on it? And then it can be, you, you know, you'd be you'd get access to all these sports gamers that we have already. And they probably had all the numbers for the downloads for all the EA Access stuff. So they would have, you know, proof that people are playing sports games on Xbox. That could be a big draw. Yeah, Especially sure. especially if they were able to compare with the PS4 numbers. And, you know, if they were comparable, which obviously they must have been, even though the install base for the PS4 was so much larger, it might have been really attractive to the MLB to, to get it on Microsoft.
0: yeah so i mean who knows where we'll be in 10 years if the one console future is uh a possibility i guess we'll see this is everything seems to be heading that way with uh sony starting to move to pc who knows it'll be nintendo versus the world (laughs) yeah maybe all right moving on i just want to talk about this briefly we don't have to get into it too much but i saw an you know, a kind of a, a news article today about a game called abandoned a PS five exclusive, which I'd never heard of. And it was getting quite a bit of attention because there were rumors that it was a Hideo Kojima game. And I'm like, why do people think that? I I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say it. I can't think of a clever name for it, but it is kind of clickbait. And I was like, who started this? Like, I watched the trailer. I see nothing about it that reminds me of Kojima at all. I guess there was mystery. It was a new studio. Um, I don't want to get into into conspiracy territory that maybe they started the rumors themselves. Uh, I don't think that was the case. But, you know, this game, it's so hard to get people to talk about a game these days and to get attention. And there's so much competition. And this somehow had a a lot of people talking about it by just associating kojima incorrectly and i watched the trailer and it's basically nothing it's a photorealistic environment and i mean nothing about the art style even screams kojima to me in any way so i like kojima games have a slightly distinct look that i am not artistic enough to articulate what that is but i do not see it at all in this game um like the kojima engine i i it's got a look to it. And you, I can see that look in Castlevania, Lord of Shadows.
1: Uh, like, Well, the the new game, Death Stranding, uses Gorilla's engine.
0: Yeah, I, okay, it's I guess, sorry. It's uh,
1: Horizon. It's like Horizon Zero Good point. Engine.
0: Yes, yeah. that's correct. But so whatever their character proportions and art direction is, I don't know how much if Kojima defers that or does it himself. I have no idea, but there is a definite look to that stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that you know these kind of rumors surrounding a game.
1: Well, and I mean uh, the the biggest thing I saw it, when you told me that there was rumors about it being Kojima and I watched the trailer at the very end. So the I guess the most of it is just environment, like you're saying, with some signage and stuff and a house. But then at the end, they show a guy holding a gun, mm-hmm. and the gun is, in my opinion, kind of awkwardly placed. And the hand it doesn't
0: look that good either.
1: Doesn't look that good. Now, if this was Kojima, there would be sweat coming off that hand. You would be able to see little fine hairs. Like that would be the highest res hand you've ever seen in your life. It would look like someone is standing there <laughs> holding that gun. Exactly. Like and think of Kojima. Think of
0: no- when I think of Kojima, yeah. I think of. The install screen for Metal Gear Solid 4 literally smoking a cigarette down to completion. Like it's, (laughs) this would not be Kojima at all. There's nothing about this that screams Kojima to me in any way. So I agree, Huck. Good observation.
2: Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, people were speculating. Like you said, it's a new company. Apparently, there's very little information about the company out there. Like even their website is even isolated. better.
0: Imagine you were a company that no one had heard of, and
2: <laughs> everyone's yeah, talking about but, it. But like somehow that fed into the rumor. And um, I mean, I saw the headline too. I didn't watch the trailer, but I just saw it and I was like, yeah, I don't know what that is. And then Frank mentioned, yeah, check out the trailer. And then it's like you watch the trailer, and there's like so little there that yeah i i agree it's a like literally
0: fish. to make that photorealistic demo i don't want to speculate what are we looking at maybe let's say two weeks does that sound fair now if yes. you modeled all the assets <laughs> from scratch that's a different story but who knows how that went like it, it's all the same tree basically it's like birch trees right Or some bushes other,
1: or pine trees or something yeah. like some kind of tall tree anyway
0: i think we've talked about it too much but sean come on
2: give it to me what?
0: Lob it up. We talked about it before the show. Set all me right. up, bud.
2: Jeez. I don't know what we're talking about. You shot down all my
0: ideas. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, remember, bring that up on the show so I can uh, punch it in.
2: I don't. I don't honestly remember.
0: <laughs> Getting a little uh peeling the curtain back a bit. Sean was telling me that there are rumors. <laughs> that Kojima or Microsoft is looking into to sign an oh, exclusive right. deal with Kojima <laughs> to which I <laughs> said that. that makes a lot of sense because Microsoft is really good at securing and making the most overrated developers possible first party. And I mean, I love metal gear, but I will firmly say Hideo Kojima is one of the most overrated video game developers. He's, he's unique. He's great but certainly overrated. Zone of the Enders, uh, from what I've Stature? played of Come Death on. Stranding. I mean, I, I love I, Metal I, I Gear, but not. I think Metal Gear is overrated, to be perfectly honest.
2: I mean, I'm not even the biggest Metal Gear fan. I would not call him overrated. I think he's rated just fine. Sean, but Sean, he's, he's definitely- a visionary. He's <laughs> He's been a pioneer in the gaming industry,
0: but he's overrated.
2: I mean, he's had games that have been weird flops and yeah metal gear is kind of just you know the mythology of that franchise is insane but and
0: i want to be clear overrated doesn't mean that they're bad i don't know why when you say uh, someone's overrated it's like he's amazing or he's he's good he's not bad i know he's good but you would think he is like there was a time when Hideo Kojima was the name in video games, probably after Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid 2, not that good. Metal Gear Solid 3, pretty bad at the first version. The camera sucks. It got better as they iterated over it, over four different versions. I like Metal Gear Solid 4 a lot. Didn't beat Phantom Pain. Um, look, I appreciate what he does for games,
2: but. Uh, well, I mean. It's just like Breath of but, the Wild, it's overrated. It's okay to say. I mean, whether he's overrated or not, just to bring it back to Microsoft's interest in him, he is a huge name. And that would be, again, a huge story if they actually managed to get exclusive rights to the next Kojima game.
0: I think in retrospect, Rare was extremely overrated. I think Nintendo brought a lot to the table with what Rare was doing in terms of their final shippable games. Everything they've done since they left Nintendo has been questionable and their own desire to create unique experience experiences i think has gotten in their own way aside from viva pinata like banjo kazooie nuts and bolts was like they were trying way too hard with that game sea of thieves i guess people play it i think it's kind of a turd well definitely a turd let me rephrase that
1: i don't know about with rare though i mean you don't know how many people left like i think the main creative guys all left after their time was up because remember microsoft like shifted them on to like connect stuff
0: yeah and, and avatar weird, system
1: yeah avatar stuff like why would you take uh like arguably a very creative company one that made blast corpse and like other really unique titles and then have them do avatar stuff like that seems like a huge I know, it's mistake
0: almost, i hate to say it it's like they got off on their own uniqueness like like we make crazy games like Blast Corps and all this stuff. And they, they leaned into that a little too hard. Like
1: Well Perfect dark Frank, let's for three sixty sucked. Okay. But let's say you make Scourgebringer. You're Jack. Cameo it. Rock. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I buy your company out and then I have you make avatars. Well, Does that sound like a good use of I'm going to play
0: devil's advocate here. Maybe they pitched a few games, made a few prototypes, and Microsoft is like, what the fuck did we buy? Can we at least <laughs> give these guys the avatar system? Uh, <laughs> Maybe, sure. <laughs> like, you got to look at happened. it both ways. And I mean, then you could like, say, oh, like, well, look, they all, they left. Well, where did they go? Did they make ukulele? Because that's even
2: worse. I mean, like, the Kinect stuff is interesting just because, like, that was a big thing for Microsoft for a while. They They were pushing that. They were trying to turn that into like the future of gaming and putting rare on it maybe seemed like a good idea. Maybe they were excited to work with new technology, but it obviously didn't pan out so well.
0: Look, I love all of Rare's games pretty much for Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, and Viva Pinata is one of my favorite games of all time. But other than that, they're they're okay. They're highly skilled. I wouldn't say like their name and reputation far exceeds at this point their output. Again, see the definition of overrated. Uh and uh, I at this rate I think Microsoft is going to be like Eugene knock is going to have a big paycheck. They're going to see that wonder Wonderworld and think this is the guy that did Sonic. We got we got to get him. <laughs> we got to secure this guy. I don't know. I think Hellblade uh is, I like a lot of Ninja Theory games, but Hellblade, not that good. I know they made a big deal about that signing. Double Fine, have loved, but lately, not vibing with too much of their stuff. So, um, I'm sorry. I hate to be the fanboy, but Sony is way better at locking up and developing first-party
2: talent. It's not even close. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, but like, is Sony really even in the acquisition even worse, market st- right now, like they kind of Microsoft to, funds companies to develop games
0: that become better Sony games. See Sunset Overdrive, which I really liked. That pretty much was a step towards Spider-Man on PlayStation, which is one of the biggest games ever. There's a lot of those ideas that just carry it was, over.
1: I, I've listened to interviews with Ted Price, and he said it was totally a jumping-off point.
0: Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> anyway, I I actually applaud microsoft for taking chances on games like sunset overdrive and i was with scale bound the one game i was really excited for from platinum it just i there's something that happens whether it's the developer or microsoft i don't know it just never seems to to pan out so anyway i hope i'm wrong i hope these uh, these games are all great and uh kojima kojima's game because i'm gonna get it for free or I'm, I'm paying for game pass anyway i don't care if it, i'm like i'm I like my xbox I'm just saying their games are or the, their first party talent or ability to
2: lock that up not that great hmm. i mean i don't know i'm I'm wondering like you know Microsoft's putting out a lot of money right now for all the stuff they're trying to bring to game Pass, and I'm just wondering what the end like at what point are they not losing money on this deal? You know what I mean? Like they obviously just want to lock people into their platform for the foreseeable future. But I, I don't know if that's like, I don't know at what point that's worth it, I guess is what I'm saying. You yeah. Know I mean, like,
0: I mean, we don't know, but if I know companies and corporations, they're making money if they're still doing
1: it. <laughs> well, I know for me, uh, like I'm pretty, in love with Game Pass, which is what, fifteen bucks a month, right? When it yeah, it's a no brainer. And I literally pay zero to sixty dollars a year on new video games. So or I guess eighty now. So for me, Game Pass is actually more money than they would ever get from me in a given year. And I will continue to pay for it. So for me it's actually like the cost of two games essentially no wait, that's not right. That's not true. you bought three.
0: you bought Final Fantasy seven remake
1: yeah,
0: it's eighty, okay so we're at eighty. Did you not buy Animal Crossing after trying it out? No, you didn't library no. baby I know I thought you said you were gonna end up buying it or something like that
1: ah, uh, yeah, I didn't that was yeah
0: you bought last of us too.
1: Did I buy that? Yeah, I guess I did.
0: Yeah, I mean we're already at two. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, but, but he's Murder by Numbers on Sony.
0: Steam. Murder by Numbers on Steam is that a purchase? <laughs> of course,
1: of course. Okay, all right.
0: I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. You said you Hell spend yeah. zero to fifteen <laughs> dollars, and uh,
1: <laughs> you know I was talking about Microsoft. Oh, okay, all right. I take it
0: back. <laughs> if that, if that was the the case. Of course,
1: I'm going to buy Sony first party stuff. Right. That's amazing. Oh, of course, they're the best.
2: <laughs> but I guess you know, like, does that. So that just having that money for for you paying for Game Pass for a year, like you think they're trying to move consoles, but like then people always say consoles are like they're losing money on consoles too. So I don't, I, I just don't that doesn't get said anymore. That got said a couple times, like PlayStation Three. Yeah, maybe it's not true. I mean, they are pretty expensive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. And a lot of them are all kind of like off-the-shelf parts now. It's not like the PlayStation 3 where they're developing their own specific cell architecture. Yeah, and SPUs. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's it's different now. They basically just say, here you go, NVIDIA, here you go, Intel, like, give me the parts I want, and, and then they get them, so it's I think it's different.
2: Put a cool box
0: around it, and sweet packaging.
2: Sorry. I guess, like, it just reminds me of, like, what's happening with all the streaming services on the TV and movie side, because a lot of those are not making money right now, but it's just like, if you have the numbers, then your stock goes way up because you just have this many people on your platform. And that's all that matters right now. So it's kind of where Microsoft is at, I guess. Time will tell Sean time. Well,
1: it's also, I mean, from a financial standpoint, it's a more predictable flow of income, right? If you have those subscribers, you can probably, you know, estimate that, 90 to 95 percent of them will continue their subscription or you know 80 or something and you don't really know how many people are going to buy games it's true it's kind of a wild card
2: you're taking a lot of risk with every game that you fund and publish and you know that definitely is like a nice stable income so
1: yeah so i think it just gives you that kind of baseline of income
0: i'm gonna Repeat one point I've made before and have a new one. So the repeat point will be, I think, Bethesda, like I said, I think they may pursue engine technology or outsourcing uh, some of their engines, potentially, that are very good. I I, What did I say last time? ID tech? ID tech? Uh, (laughs) And don't forget, this got teased a while ago. It's never come up again, but ID was pushing their cloud-based gaming technology and talking about outsourcing that uh, for Doom when they played it on a mobile device at an E3. By, or so.
1: And by outsourcing, you mean licensing?
0: Yes. Sorry. My bad. Thank you. Uh, and my new point is I think there is a huge push. We're going to see it more and more and more with games like Fortnite, Destiny, everything moving towards games as a service model which is built upon cosmetic purchases, you know, the the battle passes, monthly stuff like that. And if you already have these games for free on Game Pass, that stuff will still cost money and will generate revenue streams. So once you're hooked into those systems, then at least if you play those games or let's say you have Game Pass, you, you'll still play Fortnite, Fortnite on Xbox and buy your Bucks there and these other games as a service not to mention the ones they own on that service as well so i think kind of tying into huck's uh revenue stream i think that's a huge part of it as well including ea games which are you know the card collecting and digital card collecting is kind of having a boom right now with uh i think nba top shot or something like that and all these other things so they might be trying to get into that area as well and i think like fallout 76 kind of sucked but i've said it before i think bethesda took a calculated risk with that game in moving their franchises the big ones to a games as a service model that's online and i think they they knew it was a stepping stone and it's they're they're going to get better or that was stuff that was part of the acquisition, knowing that that was a push from that company. Just pure speculation.
1: So but, so hang on, you're you're guessing that Bethesda or all of Microsoft or all of games are going to try to go games as a service? I
0: think all of games are. Like, okay. uh, maybe not Sony. So, Sony seems to be pretty committed to their AAA single-player experiences. It may change, but in general, kids, multiplayer games free-to-play or games-as-a-service is becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And I I think we're going to see more of that.
1: I mean, I would push back on this a little bit, only that we kind of went through this cycle before when MMOs got big. You had World of Warcraft become insane, and then you had all these other MMOs trying to come out uh, that were also trying to get in on this, you know, games-as-a-service thing for MMOs. And there's only really room for a couple of big dogs at the top.
0: Okay. My counterpoint to that would be that's when they were all trying to be the same genre. They were all trying sure. to be an MMORPG just with a different world. Right. I think yeah. we're going to see action games like an action game becomes a games as a service. A shooter becomes a games as a service, an RPG, puzzle games. All these different genres are going to coexist yeah. as games as a service.
1: But you're still only going to see a few at the top of all those genres. Like, when you say all games, like, I don't think that's going to be viable. Like, um, what was Cliffy B's game or whatever that failed big time? Uh, That shooter, like, online Fortnite type game, whatever it was called. And I mean, he's a pretty big name. You figure he got some marketing money behind that, and he couldn't even make that work. Um, I guess, like, Apex Legends is now working. So there is those shooters. There's the Destinies. There's Apex Legends. And there's like another one.
0: I'm not like saying they're all going to succeed either. I just think you know, that's that. I bet that's what executives are talking about all the time. Like we need these, like you said, Huck, constant revenue streams. Games that once people play once, they're in forever. We 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 have them hooked, or we just evolve the same content over time.
2: I, I do think that that has become sort of the the blockbuster you know format of choice right now but i also agree with huck that i think there is you know there's only a certain amount of room for that because you know you're trying to make yourself the one game that somebody plays forever and they don't play anything else but you know there's an interesting article i read i think this week where they're talking about this idea of um a game being dead like this is a thing that people say you know oh that game's dead because nobody's playing it right now and it's like people are so quick to want to jump on any game that doesn't have enough players they'd just be like yeah that game's dead and just like dismiss it and so that's kind of like how cutthroat and competitive these kind of games are it's like if people if suddenly you fall out of fashion people are like fuck that game it's dead I don't want to play it well I hate to tell you in the
0: past every game died very quickly and they would be on sale for 25% 25% of their original price. So you don't, guess you true, think but... that is something executives are like, yeah, we want to have a two month sales window and then we're going to cut this game by 75% for the rest of eternity. I think they're much more intrigued by a constant revenue stream for at least two years. And then maybe it dies. Okay. Well, we're okay with that.
1: Well, this, kind of ties into maybe the last news story we are going to talk about, about the EA patent. I don't know if we were going to bring that up, but I mean, there is no real sports game right now as a service. And um, so EA filed this patent, I guess, or got approved for this patent. That was basically that uh, they allow you to, or that allows them to balance games across multiple games and for each playthrough. So each playthrough, you are they are trying to maximize playtime. So I think if they're taking that now, I didn't read the whole patent, but they didn't, I don't think, explicitly said which type of genres they're targeting. But you'd think for sports genres, especially the the FIFA games where they're trying to get you to open packs and buy the cards and do all that kind of stuff, that if you could Create that to be a games of service and get people to buy packs and cosmetics and then maximize their time in the game even more than they're going to, and then also use that to, uh, you know, try to hook them on their NHL game and the Madden and like to use all that, like to see how much they're playing on each of those. I think it could really, you know, make them a lot more money, like you were saying, Frank, that that would be kind of like a, a baseline. And there's been rumors for years that sports games were going to go kind of like just one version, you pay a subscription, and that's it. You never have to buy, you know, the next year. It's just mad. Well, yeah, it's it's funny because
2: it kind of seemed like that's what EA Play was going to be, but they've never stepped up and offered the current year's games. It's always been last year's games, Mm -hmm. which is kind of annoying. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, so this... This patent thing, I mean, again, it's a patent. We've talked about some of these in the past. You never know if it actually goes anywhere. But I am intrigued by by it for a few reasons. I mean, I am always, when it comes to difficulty balancing, you know, it's such a tricky thing. And, you know, you want a game to be challenging and you want to feel like you're just being challenged enough. But, you know, if a game gets too hard... People turn it off. People don't come back. So it's like, you know, they're almost looking at it like a casino game. It's like, how do we just keep people there? You know, like, what can we do to tweak the numbers so that people just never turn off this game? And, uh, and you know, to the point where they're, I guess, looking at all of their catalog of games as analytics to draw from to say, okay, was this person good at this kind of game? How long have they played this? I mean, it's makes sense, it's a little uh, bit cynical, but... I'll be honest. I
0: didn't see anything cynical. I saw it as like a generic bullshit patent that people are talking about because it's EA. Uh, lots of games try to have dynamic difficulty. Maybe the key idea here to patent is drawing from data across games. Uh, right. I think it might not even happen. It's it's This was a nothing burger to me.
1: Well, I, I agree with Sean <laughs> that like the balancing aspect, like if you're trying to apply this to like... If you're looking at it from the lens of like Jedi Fallen Order, and you're trying to, to like extend a playthrough of that game, how would you balance that? That's crazy. I don't know. Like I agree, it would be really hard to tweak values here and there to to make it more enjoyable, like easier or harder to make people play longer. But if you're looking at it from the lens of the sports games with the pack opening, if they find that oh, if we give you like an extra gold card in whatever sports game, it doesn't matter. Uh, an extra gold card every X often, you will play for 10 minutes longer. So now they apply that across all their sports games and now the random packs now give you a better card more often uh, without you even... So like the first time you load up FIFA, it already knows that data that you come back longer with a gold card every 10 minutes. So now it is going to automatically adjust to feed you more gold cards to keep you in there longer and possibly paying more money to buy more packs um so i I can see that being more of their application than like balancing a single player game i mean that's not
0: quite difficulty right like that's getting into i don't know if there are laws or restrictions yet on randomness for stuff like if it has to be the same odds for everyone i think as soon as especially with ea if people were getting gold card people would be like this is bullshit it would be a
2: huge deal yeah if it's anything resembling loot box stuff people are gonna freak out so
1: yeah well i guess i could term that as difficulty like if gold cards are better right you're technically making it easier for the player by having better players so i mean depending on what legalese they use to get around the loot box kind of like terminology they could say it's oh we're making it easier for the player to make them play longer or something like that Anyways, I, I thought it was kind of interesting, but it def when I first, the headline made it sound like it was just, like you were saying, Dwight, like game balancing, But which I don't know how that would apply, really. I think that would be really hard to do.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I have played games, and I've said this before, and I don't know if I've imagined it, but I feel like there have been games I've played where, you know, you die over and over again at a certain point, and then you feel like they somehow tweaked one little thing. One less enemy here. Mm-hmm one extra pickup here and then suddenly you get past that point and it's like i think it's a subtle thing because you know there's games where obviously like it happens pretty common where you die over and over and they're like hey switch to a different difficulty level and they just flat out tell you hey you can change but that you know people don't like i don't know some somehow that feels like you're you're giving in you're not i don't know it's just jumping from normal to easy feels like something you don't want to do whereas if you can do it in a way that the person doesn't even notice and they just keep playing that scourge bringer
0: is... changed their default difficulty to adaptive which yeah yeah this this exists so I think you might be onto something that it's like a bigger scale thing I think both of your ideas fit under the bigger scale I mean like we said the new thing is that it's pulling from multiple games um yeah I mean it was pretty nebulous I don't have much to mm-hmm. say about it Anyway, it was, the only reason it was news is because people hate EA and it was like, this is EA big brother doing something awful. Like, all right, let's relax here. Um, right, right, let's get into what we played. Should we start with Outriders since
2: we've all played it a bit?
0: Sean, you sure you were fired yep. up before the show. I'm going to go to you.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, Huck and I did that, that co-op video. You can check that out. Um, you know, I was enjoying the game more than I thought I would with regards to the prologue and even the co-op session we played. And you know, it's a it's a shooter. Uh, feels a lot like Gears of War to me. Um, Developed by the on, same com- by the same people.
0: Yeah, essentially. Well,
2: Gears of War Judgment. Um, no, and well, the first I, you know, Gears I, of War. It, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm almost pos- I'm almost positive. Positive. I, I didn't know that. If that's the case, but. Um I you know like I felt like I'd played a lot of elements of the game before but I kind of as much as there was this really long intro with a lot of cutscenes and dialogue I was kind of intrigued by the world and then when you get into the some of the powers that seemed to like I don't know I, I liked that element of it and some of the loot and stuff I was like okay so it's like Gears of War but there's a little bit more there there's a little bit of RPG stuff and I was kind of liking that I was but, wrong
0: sorry I knew I saw Gears of War on their Wikipedia it they ported they it
1: oh, okay. and they did Infinity Blade right these guys did Affin- Infinity Blade no I think no was Bulletstorm wasn't bullet it? Store. oh chair right
2: sorry Sean but um. So, but you know we mentioned this in the video there's something weird with the like for me for sure i, I felt like there was something off with the aiming and then so i played it a bit more today and a couple things so i i was on world tier three playing on normal. normal difficulty i think each
0: world tier is a difficulty like if you hover over when i switched to world tier two it was like easy like enemy enemies are one level lower than is you. That, is yeah, that what it means? I'm then? Sure. Okay, I it you changes
2: could... your rewards. But I think you can change the difficulty within the tier because it, it mentioned something about changing difficulty. Anyway, it was insanely hard. I was getting destroyed left and right. And so, I, I, first thing I did, I was like, okay, what's up with the aiming? Can I fix this? And I noticed there was definitely like just moving the reticle around and stuff. There was definitely an input lag. So I changed my TV to game mode, which I don't usually do, don't usually have to do. It helped a little bit, but I was still like, it's just, there's something with the acceleration of it. Like when you kind of get in the middle of like a frenzied action sequence and you're like trying to aim real quick, it's just all over the place. So it's really frustrating. And then the other thing I was gonna mention, so I'm playing as Technomancer. That's the class I chose, which is more of like a long-range uh, class. So, you know, I can't aim that well. And my all my attacks are like, you know, ranged attacks. And this is a game where you can't really stay in cover very long because the cover either gets destroyed or they throw grenades or people flank enemies, and charge yeah, at they you. Enemies, f-
0: yeah, they flank a lot. And it, I mean... So you got to keep moving. The ultimate reason, all we all have the same complaints kind kind of, and it's because... They're fighting this design angle of it being for three people and one person at the same time, right? And every decision we've talked about supports that. World tier is there, so if you're playing by yourself, you can bring it down and crank it up if you're playing with three people who have done everything in the game.
2: Yeah, and I guess that's part of it. And, you know, there's other things like the the RPG elements, the looter shooter, shooter thing. Like, some of the enemies feel, like, really bullet spongy. Like, you know, it doesn't feel as satisfying. Like, it just feels like you're sitting there pulling the trigger forever before somebody dies. And maybe that'll change over time. But anyway, all those things, this time around, playing it, I was getting real frustrated, and I was like, man, I don't know if I... I don't know how much longer I'm going to continue with this game, but... Um, I was kind of enjoying it. What, what did you guys think? Go ahead, I. uh
1: Well, I didn't play it too much. Like, I played the prologue, and then I played that section with Dwight, so I haven't played any more since. But I would echo most of what Dwight said. Um, I like the world-building they were doing. Uh, the cutscenes were a little excessive in the beginning, but, you know, you could just skip them, no big deal, if you don't want to watch them. Uh, but it did seem like a weird way to ramp a person up into this game. Maybe they should have, you know, spread them out a little bit more. I played, I chose to be the Devastator, I believe, which is like the tank uh, version. And that guy was pretty fun because it, it, I mean, I like doing that sort of run and gun, get in your face kind of gameplay. And it rewarded that by giving you health back when you uh, uh, defeat a guy or kill a guy close up. So that kind of played into my style. But um, yeah, like, I mean, when Dwight and I were playing, I was getting swarmed by, you know, five, six guys and I didn't even know. You must love there that. Was... The
0: AI is exactly what you want. <laughs> <laughs> this smart right AI. Out of my face? Yeah, like just
1: uh, is that smart? Not doing that. I have nice a shotgun. <laughs> Should they stand in front of me? I don't know. Um but they but I didn't know they didn't teach you about the the right stick click button, which is kind of like the butt end or the melee attack mm-hmm. close up. And once I found that out, it was much easier because it definitely was a powerful attack that cleared the guys out. And, but I did find I would forget to use my powers quite often, which probably didn't help. Uh, but they seemed to recharge pretty quickly when I did use them. So they obviously want you to use them and probably they are helpful to, to get you kind of through the game. But yeah, when we I could notice it right away when Dwight joined us and we went into the co-op, the difficulty was much harder uh as soon as someone else joined by I was by quite a bit. Not just like double, but it was quite a bit harder. I mean, how many times did we do that first mission? Like this is the first mission in the game past the prologue. And we like we died a whole bunch of times. We've died what, three, four times, maybe.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if it's set up in a way that you know, you're expected to die a bunch, but you're going to level up and get some loot, and eventually get better. I don't know if that's the expectation, but yeah, it's possible.
1: Just seemed like maybe they should have ramped you in a bit slower. Yeah, me. but what about you, Frank?
2: Yeah,
0: I didn't even get as far as you guys. I I didn't hate it though. Like it's a serviceable shooter. I mean, I'm torn because it's very similar to Gears of War which I like a lot, although it's a little faster, which I didn't mind, but I'm like, if I'm going to play this, I haven't beat Gears of War 4 or 5. I think I would just rather go play co-op campaign Gears of War. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was a pyromancer. It really bothers me that there's two uh, classes that end with mancer. They couldn't come up with a different name. <laughs> like That That bothers me to a level I can't even stress uh, like how does that happen? <laughs> like, that is, it literally makes my head explode. Uh, is that any it? Do you guys feel that way? Like that is the lamest I mean, thing. It's
2: I've kind of, yeah, no. I see your point.
0: <laughs> you have two Mansers. You have all five unique names, but you couldn't come up with something else other than Manser.
1: <laughs> all right, whatever.
0: <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, But yeah, it's, I, the power for the pyromancer, I found it a little difficult to aim. It's like this wave fire wave, which I thought was interesting, but not that much fun in practice. And I I was, I didn't like the way enemies spawned in that one open area. I would push up and then all of a sudden people were, like you said, coming from behind me. I'm like, that seems odd. I, I thought I was going forward, not in an area, um, so there's some design issues. It's it's not bad though, but the cutscenes were a drain on me. Like I could not take it. Uh and I disagree Huck. I cannot skip cutscenes. It's not in my ability. If it's there, I must watch it and must be mad while I'm watching it. So that's my OCD, but um yeah, they're
2: here, yeah. They're a little dry and long. I, yeah. I I also I'm not a cutscene skipper kind of guy unless it gets really excessive. Like I I prefer to be able to do like the thing where you can kind of cut off the dialogue and just read the text really quickly to scroll through. Mm-hmm. But uh, I <laughs> to do the like point to... where you're uh, not
0: even reading it. <laughs> I, well, I know you can a that's what here you're and not, there. That's I
2: mean what you do. <laughs> I just feel like I, there might be something important. Like I'm kind of interested in the story. I just if we're if we're gonna talk
0: about what. Games should rip off. We've already said audio uh, collectibles that if you want to expand lore or what Last of Us does and other games where while you're doing things, audio or dialogue is playing like it's a no brainer. It's the easiest way to digest world building. Number two, second way to improve this stuff. It's already been done. Zelda. Zelda just put certain words in colors that are really important and you can scan it and get like, okay, that's an important word. Like you can just get a, like you said, scan it and get a vibe uh, from this stuff. Like why games don't do that more is also beyond me.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd be curious to know what what the percentages are of, you know, who how many people are actually reading all this stuff, as you said, with like cyberpunk and like, obviously some people are. But if I was making a game
0: like this and play testing it, I would want to do play tests where it's like, have them play the campaign. Okay. We kind of did this on games I've worked on, but they were not this story based. Like we were trying to find out more is a, a very light narrative with just kind of visual elements understandable, which is a totally different problem. But like you, you have all these cutscenes. You're spending so much money on these things. You, you give it to a playtester. Okay, tell me what happened in that prologue. You'd see like blanks everywhere. Uh, I th- like. I don't. I don't know how that is a result of playtesting. I don't know who these stories are for. <laughs> it's like this by bi- like this requirement of games. That's why yeah. the first Uncharted story is so good. Those cutscenes are the perfect length, and it advances the story perfectly. Condense. Your narrative.
2: Yeah. And, oh, one other thing. A lot of shaky cam in those cutscenes. Apparently, you can. I think there's a setting you can, like. What's that? Did you have to leave the room? Are you going to barf? No, I just. (laughs) Like, it was just bothering me from an aesthetic. Like, the fake, you know, computer generated shaky cam bothers me. It just does not work. And I think you can turn it down if it does bother you from a physical (laughs) standpoint, but. I just don't like it aesthetically.
0: Am I remembering that correctly? That you had to leave like a Bourne movie or
2: something like that because of the shaky cam? I. Uh, there was something Jackass. where I was like in the front row. I think maybe the Hurt Locker was that one? Did I that know. have shaky I, cam? I, it I might know. have been someone else that I'm uh, thinking of. I, I, I'm sure it happened at some point, but generally it's not a problem. All right, moving on. Outriders,
0: Moving on. Let's just for shits and giggles at this point, if you were going to give it a start since everyone does review in progress, let's give a review <laughs> in progress for outriders after playing.
2: Not even the prologue. <laughs> I mean, that's tough. Cause like, you know, we like out we of five stars, crashed. Sean, the game crashed when we were doing co-op. Like they've got a lot of technical issues and like, you know, games like this, that are online i get it and i i don't want to hold it against them but i kind of have to it would probably be a three out of five for me
0: i was a
1: 3.5 mm, yeah i mean it's hard i mean i would say three out of five don't be scared right the it's of okay road.
0: we know it's a review and impro- everyone knows it yeah not,
1: <laughs>
0: this is complete bullshit it's a joke to just get it out there three three and a half right on the money
1: you know what? I want I want the clicks. I'm going 1 out of 5.
0: Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're going to get those <laughs> views up. Title for this video. Outriders review in progress, 1 out of 5. <laughs> there we go.
1: We don't bury the lead here. We give it right in the title.
0: I want to talk about a game which I didn't even know about until Huck brought it, up. brought it up. Last yeah. I'm I'm so glad you did. K's in the Wild Masks, which is a 2D platformer that is absolutely amazing. I'm trying to think if there's been a better 2D platformer since the game it's most directly inspired by, which is the original Donkey Kong Country. I cannot think of one. There have been many Metroid likes and 2D games that featured great platforming, but this is a platformer, hardcore. What about uh, your former game of the year, Rayman Origins? You know what? That's the one. Rayman Origins is, is better, I got to say. Thank you, Sean. I, I, I don't know how I forgot about it, but it is, it is a better game. But this game, like I said, if you're going to compare it to one game, it's Donkey Kong Country, but with quality of life improvements like bonus stages only having or you can retry them over and over again you don't have to play the whole level to get perfect um it's got the equivalent of the animals in donkey kong country with these masks where you get different powers and basically the gameplay mode changes where there's a dashing one a double jump one and there's like very specific challenges designed for these it's every design element i love in these types of games and getting perfect on a level is a challenge but not too hard um my design philosophies are all over this game every collision box uh grounded area you know jumping you can jump at the edge of platforms everything favors the player like i i have tons of close calls and never like any oh that was bullshit i'm like oh i just narrowly escaped death that is so empowering to a player it's something i talk about all the time that it it just does everything i love about these types of games there's two levels i'm really not crazy about i'm almost i'm very close to platinuming the game i think um but the uh it's one where it's what would you call it? A scale almost, but it's a rope where when you step on one, another one goes up. And I, I don't understand the motivation for these levels. It's like it just brings the game to a screeching halt. I just have to stand on something and have it come down so this goes up and go backwards. It's like No, this is not good. This is not why people play these games to slow down or to to just backtrack and lift up a oh, I didn't raise it high enough. Gotta go jump back and raise it up again. That's so boring cut that level out of the game you got a, a six out of five um and there's one other level i played today which was making me want to snap but uh, other than that it's close to perfect uh would be a five out of five for me currently my game of the year although it's still
1: early. <laughs> pretty it's cool i mean
2: i am I'm, I'm gonna pick it up at some point point. one little point to mention it's quite a bit cheaper on steam i don't know if you noticed that frank it's like thirty nine ninety nine on consoles. Yep. On Steam it's like twenty two dollars. Well, I'd pay a hundred if I got a platinum trophy. I'm not gonna get that on <laughs> Steam. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I'm sure it was worth it for you. Well, all the games are like that. Disco Elysium is way more expensive. On, I don't think uh, it was that much more expensive, but maybe. When it came right. out on that. PC I paid thirty three. It was fifty three without a PlayStation Plus discount on Sony. think it was 40 Uh, that's with a playstation plus discount right with yeah gotcha (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's the nintendo started that like every game was way more expensive on the switch uh like remember binding of the isaac collection on switch was insane and even that overcooked collection on playstation 5 is like 70 dollars. so i don't know it's not just a sony thing it's a console versus steam thing yeah but i love K's and the Wild Masks. It is the best. You must play this game if you're a platforming fan. (laughs) You absolutely must. You will love it. Especially if you love Donkey Kong Country. There's huge Sonic vibes. Even the Tiny Toons games that Treasure made, the main characters influenced by that. Uh, I mean, obviously Mario works its way into any platformer, including Donkey Kong Country, but It's really, really good. I've been waiting for a platformer like this for a long, long time. Donkey Kong Country Returns, you failed me. Tropical Freeze, you failed me. Uh, Ukulele 2.5D, you failed me big time. You all stink. This game rocks. You gotta play it.
1: (laughs) Nice. I'm glad I mentioned it. I still haven't picked it up, but I definitely want to. Let's move to the top of my... Steam wishlist right, <laughs> yeah. right at the top.
2: Huck, you got fine. anything else? Uh,
1: sure, yeah. I played two things. I played... Uh, so on Xbox Game Pass, a game called Wargroove, which I've played before, uh, but it's leaving Game Pass. It's like a tactical strategy turn-based game. Uh, kind of like Fire Emblem or Shining Force. Advanced I've never... Advanced Wars, yep. I remember really liking this game uh, the first time I tried it out, but only got like to the second chapter or so, didn't get very far. So I p- fired it up again, uh, now that it's leaving Game Pass in a couple weeks, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, they added, now I don't know if they added it, or I just didn't use it before, but you can speed through all the battles... So all the like nice animations they did to make it look all nice, you can just skip right through all that crap right away. <laughs> and it just gets right to the right to the punch, right to the strategy part of it, right? You go walk up to the guy, hit attack, skip it, you're done. You see what the result was. And that makes the game flow really quick, really nicely. And I'm not really following the story right now because I haven't spent too much time with it. I've done like two or three more battles since I started back up. But if anyone has an itch for... That sort of turn-based strategy game uh, or tactical game. I'm not sure what it's called. But definitely check out Wargroove before it leaves Game Pass if you uh, have Game Pass because it's, it's really I would say underrated uh, and possibly not even known by a lot of people. So check it out.
2: Yeah, I've played a bit of that and it is quite good. It's, you know, it's one of those games where I would say uh, I might play it more if it was on the Switch, but... Uh... <laughs> Oh God. frank didn't hear me say that uh <laughs> so i okay i'll mention i tried out actually okay so i beat talos principle was kind of plugging away with that wow but it's one of those games where there's like multiple endings so i basically got the first ending which is nothing like i was kind of disappointed because it was kind of building up like bits and pieces of story throughout the game and i was like okay what's this building to And if you just go with the first ending, nothing, it builds to nothing. So that was kind of a disappointment and I'm like, okay, I guess I got to at least go for the second ending, which is going to be a bit more, but, um, it did for me, it's, it's a great game, but by the end, it, it was feeling like a little too long for me. Like it just, part of it is that at the start, you kind of, as you beat puzzles, you get these puzzle pieces that unlock other things and you're, you know, unlocking doors in the sort of overworld and so you kind of, you're into these puzzles then you go out and you do a few things in, in the overworld if that's what you call it and that worked quite well by the end you're just doing puzzle after puzzle after puzzle and you're not really getting anything out of it and it was just a bit much but I was uh, proud of myself, I think I only had to look up one or two puzzles So, and there are some pretty tricky ones um, that's good i do puzzles
1: are quite tricky yeah
2: but yeah i mean if you're into as i said portal or the witness things like that definitely check it out um and i tried odd world soul storm which is on Mm -hmm. playstation plus right now i didn't play too much basically played the first level and i had i had never really played an odd world game so i didn't really know what i was getting into and i guess it's like a 2.5d platformer is i guess how i would describe it no wasn't it two point nine D? wasn't that the uh marketing (laughs) gimmick yeah that was (laughs) but um it's kind of like uh in some ways reminds me of almost like an endless runner like it was reminding me a bit of like the Rayman mobile games and stuff, just because there's sections where something's chasing after you and you kind of just have to keep moving. But, um, but I was liking the gameplay. The one thing is, like, it kind of starts with all these cutscenes and all these characters, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I've never played an Odd World game. It just feels like maybe it was time r- around the right time in this franchise's history for some kind of soft reboot or something because. I mean, I don't know if it really matters, but I was kind of lost. Um, but it, it was kind of uh, better than I expected, and I think I might go back to it. So it's free on PlayStation Plus. I so just thought I'd mention that. And its regular prices, uh,
0: well, 66 Canadian, so I downloaded I haven't played it yet, but, I mean, the Platinum says it's 100 hours, so it might not happen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You have to save every uh, Moodacon or whatever, I think that's what they're called, or
2: what are they oh right right yeah I know what you're talking about I can't remember what they're called but something like that so I got one other thing but I'll throw it over to you Frank if you have anything else any time I've had has gone towards K's and the wild
0: masks okay
1: I'll, I could jump in then I played NBA 2K21 which came to I guess Game Pass I can't remember or maybe it was a game with gold One of those things. And I played just the start your career and started out in high school. And now I don't know. I always find this with these NBA 2K games. I find that the controls are so sluggish and it just doesn't feel like I can actually control the guy. Like I want him to just run around that character and I just can't do it. It's impossible. The guy gets in my way or I stumble or I get kind of locked into some stupid animation that I never meant to do. And it just feels a little sluggish. And it seems like even though I'm playing in high school, all these other guys can do like NBA style moves against me. And I had the same thing with maybe not this year's hockey game, but last year's hockey game, where it just seems like the AI is so much better than you and they don't really help you get better. I don't know if they assume you're at like a certain level, but I am not at that level.
0: AI in basketball games is the worst. So like, I totally agree. And I think 2K series kind of pushes you towards like calling plays a bit more than other games and stuff like that, which I don't find that much fun. I, could, but I then, couldn't even figure out how to do that. But the NBA Live, that was the opposite. The AI was always so bad, you could... Blow by whoever, whenever you want. <laughs> I remember another Sony had a first party basketball game on PlayStation 3, which I thought was pretty good. But again, the AI would make even on the easiest difficulty, they would make every shot. And yeah, I would make nothing. Like, I I can't think of an NBA game or a basketball game. You'll probably bring up college hoops, which you used to love, but uh, 2K, baby. <laughs> uh, the they just, it's always off. No one's ever nailed uh, AI in a basketball game, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Oh. Yeah, NBA call it I mean, definitely <laughs> well, not NBA Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it is tricky because I don't know. It seems like every year or every other year, I get a chance to try an NBA 2K game, and they all feel very similar when I start out. Now, I don't know if there's just like, this crazy ramp up in difficulty that you have to get over before it becomes getting fun. But I am not there and I seem to never get there. And I, I, I try to call plays. I just want to pick and roll and I can't figure out how to do it. I wa- just want you to come here and be a pick for me. Can't do that. I want you to do like, you know, drive and kick can't figure out how to call that. So I don't know. I was mashing every D pad button, everything. I called like a bunch of, Timeouts, I didn't mean to because I would, my finger would accidentally slip off and hit the timeout button. Uh, so, I mean, at some games I would be great and get, you know, almost like a double double. And then other games I would go like 0 for 10 and have like one assist and just be so frustrated the whole time. So, I don't know. I don't know how to get better at that game. They don't really have a tutorial, from what I could tell. It's kind of like, do you want to play online a franchise or the be-a-pro kind of thing? And, I mean, I'm sure if I dug around, I would be able to find something, but it's just not obvious.
0: Yeah, it feels like a series that's built for legacy players and they're always adding more. And to catch up to that and understand how all these interactions work, it's a little intimidating.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, I mean... I guess if you're looking for a basketball, this is the one to get, but it's not very good in my opinion, at least not what I played of it. So I might play it again just because I want to get drafted and play in college, and then once I play in the college, I'll probably stop when I get to the NBA. But, you know, uh, I, I would not, at this point in time, I would not recommend it unless you're a big basketball fan that probably has played the previous ones and enjoyed those. So that was the last thing for me.
2: Frank mentioned the college hoops there. That just reminded me of something. I don't know if you guys ever played it, and I actually don't really remember if it was a good game or not, but I remember playing a lot of NCAA basketball for the N64. Did either of you guys play that at all?
1: I don't think so. Hmm. If I had to rank my top basketball games, it would be college hoops 2K8, and then I don't know if any of you guys remember this game, but NBA run and gun for the Super Nintendo. Did you guys oh, ever play this game? No, I didn't play it. It was kind of like around the time that that NHL hockey came out that was like the, uh, it tried to be like on ice camera on Super Nintendo. Do you guys remember, yeah. remember that game? What it's called? I can't remember. Mode, what it's called.
0: mode 7 was, uh, yeah. Was, uh, Stanley Cup hockey, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, Stanley Cup hockey. That's right. So it's kind of like that except, um, instead of having an overhead view you were kind of behind the basket and you kind of ran up and down forward and back and i love that game and i remember i found it the only reason i knew it existed is because i played it at uh what was that place called that, that was like Chuck E. cheese uh choo choo charlie's they had like an <laughs> arcade kit of this uh basketball game and i loved it and then i found it was on super nintendo so i i picked it up i was loving it Anyways, those are my top two. That's it. No other good basketball games out there. Not even NBA (laughs) Jam.
2: I do like NBA Jam, but I haven't played really a Oh, wait. Of course, Double
1: Dribble. Double Dribble is great. NES.
2: It's not bad. Bill Ambeer, Combat Basketball. (laughs) Uh, The list goes on. Uh, I will just quickly mention I tried out this Metroid fan game that everyone's talking about. I don't know if you guys saw anything about Didn't this. Didn't
1: you talk about this already? I thought you talked about this game.
2: I don't think so. Prime okay. 2D? It just came out like a couple days ago.
1: Okay, maybe not then. Maybe it's something else. I, I haven't
2: about. even heard of it. So, so yeah, I no, guess the heard. idea is it's supposed to be like a 2D remake of Metroid Prime, although based on the levels, like it's not like I recognized anything, so I don't know how true that is. But it's basically a new 2D Metroid game being made by fans, it looks really nice. It's got a cool atmosphere to it. And the thing that's kind of interesting about it is that you have to play with keyboard and mouse, at least as far as I could tell, there was no controller support. And the mouse moves around where you're aiming. So you're kind of, you know, with the keyboard yeah. jumping around, platforming, and then you can aim at enemies with your mouse, which took a while to get used to, but it kind of, uh, kind of worked. I don't know. It was like... Certainly something that... I, I can't think of too many other games that have done that. I feel like like Owlboy kind of had similar controls, but it's more of like your, a flying game than a platforming game. So Noit is like but, that. I think there's lots of yeah? Yeah, 2D PC I games. I think that's out.
1: how they map sort of like twin-stick shooter mechanics yeah. to mouse and keyboard.
2: Yeah, I guess that would make sense.
1: It does but look really cool.
2: It, yeah, I mean, I like it's fairly short. Like, I played... Like I think it took me like 25 minutes or something to kind of get through the demo. There's more you can go back and find more collectibles and stuff. But, I mean, I, and I have no idea if this full game will ever get made or if Nintendo is going to shut it down, but it's pretty neat. And it, it, it's out there right now. You can find it, and it's free. So, I don't know. If you're kind of itching for some kind of Metroid thing,
0: check it out. The animation, I really like, the kind of leaning back and shooting.
1: yeah.
2: It
0: looks
1: pretty, and I must say, they almost have like IK on the Samus's gun. Which yeah, is it's cool.
2: it's interesting because like you can you can be running away and be shooting backwards, which is you know something you could never do. So this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> 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 this I game thought you were going to be uh, very sarcastic and uh, cynical about a fan game, Frank, but uh,
0: not at all. This is amazing.
2: And this is a, the, you yeah, know, this the, looks really cool. The music is kind of redone versions of
0: Well just the color palette and like they are perfectly recreating the look of the the areas
2: from Metroid Prime. Yeah, see I didn't I mean I didn't totally remember the actual location, so
1: When's Imagine that? if this is what Retro's working on with Metroid Prime 4. Not this, but they're doing a 2D and they're like, God damn it. (laughs) Did they
0: ever officially announce that Prime Trilogy for Switch? I know there's been
2: rumors forever. Like, just the same HD version that's out for Wii U, you mean? And Wii?
0: Yeah, I thought they were going to do like an, an HD remake for the Metroid Trilogy. Prime Trilogy. But there already is an HD. That was on the Wii. I don't think it was HD. I think it was. The Steelbook one? That was a Wii game, and it was not HD.
2: But it's also on the Wii U. Well, who gives a shit about that? (laughs) I swear it was HD, but I guess maybe that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be. Yeah, there's some rumors out there about it, so but it has not been announced as far as I know. I thought
0: the one on Wii U was just a digital version of the, the Wii one.
2: Yeah, I think it is. You're right. It's like the exact same thing. And the the big thing with that was that they actually put the, the Wii motion controls in for one and two, which who the hell actually wants that. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. (laughs)
0: All right. Anything else? That's it. Said it was going to be short. Longest show we've done in a while. Uh, thanks for joining us. Check out youtube.com forward slash game junk. Check out my angry commute and the equilibrium sis on Twitter for Huck and film junk for Sean. And until next week, we'll see you later. Bye bye. Bye.